Welcome to Papa's House Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed this message by Pastor Charles. For more information about this service, visit Papa's House India by logging in into SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook. Hallelujah. We are continuing the, the series that we started four weeks ago uh, on the lifestyle of David. And it's a very important series because uh, through David we learn a lot of things uh, how he lived a lifestyle of total surrender. And uh, David went through a unique season. And, and today it's the wrapping up of the last season of his life. But I, I believe I want to uh, lighten your mood so that I can have your attention by giving you a, a very nice a small humorous story. Okay, This goes like this. A drunk man who smelled like beer uh, sat down on a subway seat next to a priest. The man's tie was stained, his face was plastered with red lipstick, and half-empty bottle of gin was sticking out of his torn coat pocket. He opened his newspaper and began reading. A few minutes later, the man turned to the priest and asked, Father, what causes arthritis? The father said, My son, it caused by loose living being with cheap, wicked women, too much alcohol, and contempt for your fellow men. Well, I will be damned, said the drunk man, and returning to his paper. The priest, thinking about what he had said, nudged the man and apologized. I'm very sorry, I didn't mean to come along so strong. How long have you had arthritis, sir? I don't have it, father. I was just reading the newspaper and it says the Pope has arthritis. Okay, lift up your Bible. Now say this after me. If you have your phone, lift it up. Say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, we are here to hear your voice. That includes me also. And I am not here to just give them some ear-tingling words that make them feel good. Or I am not here to bring my thoughts over their lives. For I am here, just like everyone here. We want to hear your voice. Would you take this opportunity to speak? Reveal your heart. Take us one more step closer. Because knowing you and loved by you is the greatest privilege that you can ever give to us. So we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. So we'll just get into the, the final season. Now, by the way, for those who have not listened to this whole thing, it's on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on, on YouTube also. You can just, you can look at it through Papa's House India, so you can find it. So David has arrived to Mount Zion. And Mount Zion is a, a hill in Jerusalem. And that is the last city he conquers. And that's the city that he establishes his kingdom over the entire Israel. And he reigns for 33 years. Okay, now... This journey that he arrived, he did not come like this because David got anointed when he was 17. But it took him 20 years, almost 37. When he was 37, he arrived to Zion. So these are the five cities David went through, and we talked about the four cities: Bethlehem, House of Bread. It means it also means the beginning of you know being faithful and small. You know, no, humble beginnings. Nobody knows you are. You are you are obscured. You are out there nobody knows you know you are in a bush and uh, and and you are just faithful in the little things 
and you are being committed your heart is committed to the lord your number one it's the audience of one you are connected with him you are not doing it because people will affirm your work you are doing it because you and god are majority and then god brings him up to his beautiful place called gibeah where he finally it means hill and that's the dominion of saul and he has a beautiful place where he could able to find victory over goliath and through that he became a national hero from zero he became a hero but then that was just a early success to check if how david could react with success you know and god gives us early success maybe you got a promotion maybe suddenly you got an increase maybe suddenly the boss affirmed you and said you did a good job among all the colleagues you are my favorite suddenly you are like <clears throat> you know you, you are becoming like that uh, typical south indian with a big mustache you know uh, like we are sami you know something like that and you are you are puffed up that's what we thought david would encounter but david was quite uh, humble to really didn't allow the success to kill us Achilles early promotion from the lord and then he went through adulam adulam is a cave a cave of difficulty we talked about hiding place and from gibeah boom he was chosen he was actually kicked out by Saul to send by 3000 people to go and take over david's life and david learned just like he learned how success not to take success on his head he learned how not hurt to get into his heart It's very important. Some people are very good in how to handle success, but they live in bitterness. Hello. Some people are very good not to be, you know, bitter-free, but when success comes, they lose it. So David had this beautiful thing. And then last week we talked about God released him to one twelfth of the tribe. That was his tribe, the tribe of Judah. He led that tribe for seven years, and finally we arrived to this place called Zion. and this is the place where we will be talking on the kingdom of heaven so i'm going to read a good chunk of scripture so it's in second samuel chapter 5 from verses 1 to 12 it's up in the screen so you can follow it or take a picture or turn your bibles to that then all the tribes of israel came to david at ebron by 7 years now gone and they said to him look we are your own family in the past paul saul was king over us and you are one leading us in the battle for israel the lord said to you you will be like a shepherd for my people the israelites you will become their ruler and all the elders of israel came to king david at hebron he made an agreement with them in hebron in the front of the lord they poured oil on david to make him king over israel remember in hebron he was seeking god in details he didn't he didn't presume we talked about it he didn't say you know i'm going to go and take over because saul had four sons and all of them three died only the guy called isbosheth was alive and he could have presumably taking over but he didn't do that you know and we talked about it last week so verse 4 david was 30 years old when he became a king and he ruled 40 years he was king over judah and hebron for 7 years that's 37 and he and he was king over all of israel in judah for jerusalem for 33 years the king and his men went to jerusalem to attack jebusites and the jebusites are the ones that inhabited that city of jerusalem okay and the jebusite says to david you can't come to our city even our people who are blind and crippled can stop you they said this because they thought david would not enter their city but david did take the city of jerusalem with its strong walls it became the city of david that day david said to his men to defeat jebusites you must go through the water channel then you can 
reach those crippled and blind. Look at the humor here. Enemies. This is why people say that blind and crippled cannot enter the place. So David lived in the city with his strong walls. He called it the city of David. David built more buildings around it. He began where the Lord was. Uh, the land was filled in on the east side of the city. He also built more buildings inside the city. He became stronger and stronger because of the Lord's army was with him. Hiram, king of the city of Tyre, sent messengers to David. He also sent cedar logs, carpenters, and men to cut stone. They built a palace for David. Then David knew the Lord had really made him a king of Israel. And he knew the Lord made him his kingdom very important. This was because the Lord loved his people, the Israelites. And look at the saddest verse, the 13th verse. And this is where we will spend a couple of minutes. In Jerusalem, David took for himself more slave women, they call concubines and wives. You know, sometimes in church we paint a rosy picture about people in the Old Testament. David was one of those guys, he had all the success, but then you see, there was no limit for greed. He went again and he took more wives, more concubines. And you see the pattern. We say in Tamil, Puli panja, kuti You know what does that mean? When a tiger jumps 8 feet, the baby tiger will jump 16 feet. So David set an example and what happened to his son Solomon? He had 700 wives and 300 concubines. It almost takes three and a half years to have a date with the same person again. Imagine you are having a three and a half years later, you are meeting that person and imagine that, that person has got cough. You have to wait for another three and a half years. It's crazy, isn't it? You look at the lifestyle of David. The whole family was a dysfunctional family. He had zero authority to over his kids. His own son was revolting against his father. So there's a lot of good things, but we cannot ignore some of the challenging part of his life. And we need to learn from that. And some, you know, sometimes people have a hard time, you know, say, um, like, hey, you're quoting about this person. This person fell in sin. And uh, you're still quoting about this person. I would say to that person, that's the case. We have to take only the red letter Bible. And everything else we need to throw it. Remember Abraham, the father of faith? He said about his wife, what did he say? He's mine. Come on. This is not a Harry Potter story, you know that. This is my sister, David. You know, David was said, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord. He was not dwelling in the house of the Lord. He was top, sitting on the rooftop looking at someone's wife taking shower. We should take that out. So what I'm trying to say is just because a person fell down it does not mean what God did to the person is fake. You understand? We embrace that. That's why in English they say, eat the meat and throw the... Is that, is that what? Chew the meat and throw the bones. My, I had one uncle, he used to tell me that's other way around. You need to learn to chew the bones. <laughs> the Indians are very good in chewing the bones, you know. The first time I got married and I had a meal in front of my in-laws. And they are all eating very nice with their fork and, and I'm chewing, making noise. They all put the fork, looked at me. My wife is like tapping. <laughs> we don't do this here. We don't do this. I said, the real juicy stuff is where? 
not on the white meat. Come on, you look like Americans. Somebody, it goes to me. Yes, thank you, thank you, brother Aaron. So that's what. So anyway, I have written down four life principles, and it's going to go quick. And I want to pray for you because it's a very short message. I have four life points. Number one, there is absolutely no greater joy other than arriving to your destiny in God's time, in God's way. That's what Zion means. David did not try to get to his place. David allowed God to do the work God needs to do for him to come there. My brothers and sisters, I want to tell you this. David did not cheat to get there. Being king was God's idea. Let me pause here and say this to you. Write it down in your note or anywhere. God desires you to be successful more than anybody else. Hello? Success was defined by God for your life. So don't think, I have to strive to get there. God designed success. And God desires success for you. So don't say, well, uh, I need to do this so that I can get there. No, it was God's idea to bring David on the throne. Amen? Let God do the thing for you. Let God fight the battle for you. Let God bring you to the position. He didn't, he didn't need to keep his position by strife and manipulation. We need to allow the Lord to take us to Zion. Put your hand on your heart. This is prophetic for someone here. Say, God, I will trust in your timing. Come on, church. I'm closing my eyes. I don't know who you are. Put your hand on your heart. I trust in your timing. You know where I am right now. You will bring me to the place you designed me. Amen. So don't step out of the line. Don't rush. You know, there is no second best. There is, there is no second best in God's mind. God has everything beautiful. Amen. So we need to allow the Lord to do the work in our lives. We don't have to drink, trick somebody to get into our position. And I remember when I was 17 years old, 18, I remember 18, the, I gave my life to the Lord. And around 90, 20, I started working with a pastor. Around 22, I planted my first church. And, and I was 24, I heard the Lord say very clearly, loud and clear. And it's one of those times I, you know, I'm 44 years old. There are three or four incidents in my life. I heard the voice of the Lord very clearly. One was during my health time. I told you the story. The second one, the first one was the, my call when God said very clearly, God said, Charles, I called you to be my ambassador to the nations. And I was in a small village, never traveled outside the Tamil Nadu. Don't even speak the language that I'm talking to you right now. And I was saying to the Lord, Lord, you picked the wrong guy. You picked the wrong guy. Maybe my brother, he sings, he plays guitar, he plays keyboard. He's got an album released. I am doing nothing. God said, I need you in my kingdom. And I still remember taking the word of God. And this is to share this so that it can encourage a couple of you here. I took the word of God and I applied it on my human terms. So God called me to go to the nations. Go to the Google. Let's see which Bible college is open. Hello. Applied one in Nigeria, rejected. <laughs> Thank God I got rejected now. <laughs> Applied one in states, rejected. My uncle said he will send me to that college. Applied one in Singapore, rejected. Completely rejected. Tried so many places because God said, no, you will go to the nations. So we tried and I tried, you know. I tried 
to take God's word, put it in my own life, and then failed miserably. And one day I gave up, and I said, God, I tried everything. And you know what God said? That's the problem. You are trying. You don't attain Zion by trying. You attain Zion by surrendering. Our kingdom is a ulta kingdom. You gain by losing. You win by surrendering. You live by dying. You get by giving. So I surrendered, and then I was talking to one of my uncle, and uh, he said to me, Charles, there is one organization, bit crazy. I think that will fit you. And he explained it. It's called Vivam, Youth Without Any Money. Sorry, Youth With a Mission. And uh, I applied it in 2001. I applied. Immediately they sent me the next day email. In those days you have to go to a booth, internet booth. You sit there. I don't know. The computer looks like a pregnant woman. Uh, the monitor. Have you? Hello. Anybody remember? Thank you, brother Sunil. Yeah. You guys look like you are born just yesterday. You know. And you sit there. You turn, and there, there is a sand bar that turns around, waiting for the window to open. Yeah. Sitting there, and then the AC board, because it has to be AC, you know, because he's charging 35 rupees per hour. So <laughs> you sit there, Internet Explorer, and the windows sound, tantada, you know, waiting there. And I found my email, you know. They accept. They send, send an application form. So I thought I should not miss the opportunity. Fill the form in two days, send it. The third day, I opened it. I have got accepted. I thought these guys must be desperate for students. And that was my journey in 2001 September. Going to Pune for first time outside Tamil Nadu. I arrived there. I called my mom. I think I'm in a foreign country, mom. Because <laughs> they don't eat idli. They eat vada pav for breakfast. <laughs> you know. That's my journey with the Lord. And the rest is history. I told you. Oh God, open miraculous door. My hundredth nation was Israel to go and preach the gospel. I am telling you, His job. He designed you. He designed your original design. It's His job to take you there. What he requires from you and me is yielding to his ways, not stifling, not manipulating, not striving, not trying to tell God. Have you advised God anybody? Yes, only one, two holy persons are here. The rest of you are super holy. I have advised God so many times, and He never listened to my advice, not once. I advised God. God, you picked the wrong guy. You picked this. You picked that. And that's the reality. And my friends, and David did this. He did not allow manipulation or pressure from around. You know, remember in Hebron, all his 600 men who turned into mighty men, they were so disappointed, disappointed by the fact that he did not take the whole nation. But David was chill, and he is like, you know what? That idea is not from you guys. It's idea from my king, and that's the crazy thing I wanted to tell you. David did not have Holy Spirit. Hello, David did not got. Have the salvation, Jesus. But what was David had? You see, Abraham gave ten percent. He did not have the law to give ten percent. Joseph did not have the law. Thou shall not covet. I memorized in King James version. So, thou shall not covet. But Joseph said, "Far be to it that I would touch my master's wife." Where did he got that? Where did he get that? It's intimacy. Hello, people sometimes put, you know, say, "Hey, tithes is for, uh, uh, it's for the law." I am a cheerful giver, but then, 
that means it should be beyond that 10% hello 10% is like brushing your teeth how many of you brushed your teeth this morning you don't need to raise your hand you have done it otherwise if i come close and say hallelujah you say hallelujah back and i faint you have not brushed your teeth that's a simple acid test okay so by for brushing your teeth you don't get congratulated you don't somebody doesn't put i brushed my teeth today on facebook and people don't like your status it's duty 10% is your duty it's just your duty god loves a cheerful giver that means you are more and above so david did not have all this we have but david could say this i would rather trust in god's timing look at this i have couple of verses that will shock you now this is this is where in 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 second samuel i think in in, in chapter 4 you will see all the four sons out of the four three died one is only alive his name is ishbosheth jonathan he died abinadab he died i'm pronouncing it super wrong in tamil style uh, and malchusha you know it's like manjurian i don't know and he died the only thing alive was ishbosheth and jonathan's grandson what's his name mesibosheth okay if david was is from south india it would be kumar sami kupu sami kanda sami mahil sami mara sami you know it's very easy to remember those names so he is from israel so all the bosheth bisheth you know so anyway but this is the point he had all the option to dominate them but he did not allow to do that where did he get that he didn't he, he there was no jesus there there was no sermon on the mount have you seen the last episode of season 2 chosen no oh my goodness only one person please do that it's incredible the way it it just brings you life the whole you know the last episode of chosen to uh, and it's incredible to see that but david did not do any of those have any of those but what he had the connection with the lord that was stronger every day and even when he fell he was running closer to the lord he didn't run to people about god he ran to god about people and that's what made him a, you know man after god's own heart number 2 when god brings us to zion and this is what i want to tell you this we will dwell here another few more minutes when god brings us to zion it is never for our personal enrichment when god blesses you it's never for you hello it's never for you when god promotes you it's never for you when god makes you an hod it's not for you to dominate when god brings you a place of prominence it's not for you to boss around it's for you to serve the more you serve the better leader god raises you up amen the moment people say when i arrive there brother i will do this no look the lord's blessing will rest on a person or a congregation or a nation or a city and it rests not for their personal prestige or lifestyle but to be a blessing to others amen when during the lockdown i told you know some of you sacrificially gave you know more than 1000 families got grocery gifts we are still distributing and still you are some of you are you know continuously sowing into that because the the crazy pandemic has ruined the people's life jobs and church goal is not to just you know sit and pray stotram 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 you know it's more than that it's to go beyond and to reach out to the people in need why because we belong to another kingdom amen and in that kingdom there is no poverty that means anywhere there is poverty it's our job to address that 
in that kingdom there is no king sickness in that kingdom there is no depression in that kingdom that doesn't mean christians don't have those things we all go through those challenges but that doesn't give us the influence over our life amen so god brings us to zion so that it is not for our personal enrichment amen arriving at zion is about serving the kingdom in greater measure it's more than money or fame and i believe god is bringing you some of you i believe god is going to take you to that place of greater influence don't just keep that for yourself keep it for you know say to god this is all yours recently the first wave of pandemic happened the lord asked me to do something very prophetic and i think i have shared it once and i'm going to share it again me and my wife we took out everything that god gave us house deed land deed car cycle anything you know when when isaac and asha was born our relatives gave like 1 gram 2 gram gold you know gold ring and how do you call it etianam something you know they just oh, everything he said i gave it all he gave, he gave me a picture he said this is a lady the sarafat lady who brought everything and he gave to the lord and the oil was never lacking it was in march 22nd we stopped 2020 Because 21st was uh, Saturday, it's our wedding day. 22nd, we supposed to meet, we didn't meet. We met through online. Uh, terrible sound display because we are trying to do. I don't know. You remember? Some of you might remember. And and the Lord said, lay down everything. And now, stay in that position. He said, do not ever try to own it. You are just a steward. And my dear brothers and sisters, that time we did not even start building the house. It was just a dream. and god said you will build it without any single rupee of debt this was the promise from the lord we had zero money i told you the story you know 100 rupees we made an agreement to this land god works miraculously why i'm telling you this when you leave it to god god does only the best amen but we have a problem we have a controlling people we have control because why man wants to control so we wants to take over and say this is i want i want it all i want it lord and and we surrendered everything and god brought supernatural provision not just for us even in the first wave we could reach thousands and thousands of people and second wave even more than that why i am telling you this our job is to be stewards ask yourself this question are you a river or a lake lake is stagnant we say in tamil gundu sadila godra water lake is stagnant river flows you make the decision today when you go home hold your wife's hand if you are single just hold your hand by yourself okay or take the bible and say i make a commitment today i will be a river where god can flow he can flow i'll give one example okay i need two volunteers This is what I want to tell you. Now, I don't know anything about Manath. I don't know who Manath is, but I feel in my spirit when I was praying, the Lord says, "This Bible, what you have, is not for you. It's to give to this brother who comes to Papa's house. It's just a figurative speech. I'm not giving this. When you are praying and you feel like Emmanuel needs this Bible, that's what you hear. So you give it to Emmanuel. Okay. Now. what you did was you heard god you gave it okay you obeyed now what's the job of manuel to ask what to ask god is this a seed or a harvest hello 
What is a harvest means? To enjoy. What is a seed means? To sow. But the problem is, we don't want to sow. We want all of the harvest. Everything harvest, brother. Harvest International. Holy Ghost Harvest International. You know? <laughs> so we keep it with ourselves. But the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not a jerk. He nudges. He says, Emmanuel, you remember you met this Didi called Manat on the other day in canteen? She's a new believer. She comes from this Brahmin family. She don't know anything about Jesus. This Bible, it should be a great investment if you give it to her. But Emmanuel says, get behind me, Satan. This is a leather-bound Bible. I have a normal Rexin Bible. This is a leather-bound Bible. I claim this. You know, we have a claiming theology, right? I claim this. Now, if he kept it for himself, is he a river or lake? It's not a scientist question at all. But imagine he gives this. What happened? He becomes a river. Now, thank you very much. I need the Bible. Thank you. Give them a hand. And this is what I want to ask you every time. Are you a river or are you a lake? God brings you to Zion. Zion is a design from God for all of us. But not for you, but through you to be a blessing. Number three, over you. Don't wait until Zion, the promise or the place of your destiny, to experience joy. And this is another important thing. People say, once I get the breakthrough, brother, I will be filled with joy. Then until then, you suck. Joy is the number one emotion of God. And Christians should be joyful people. Okay? We call one another Christians, right? But that was not in the Bible. Who called us Christians? Come on. Tell me. Who called? See, the guy who lived 30 years, ministered only 3 years, died, rose again, lived 40 days, and went up. 10 days later, Holy Spirit came. The power of limited Holy Spirit is Jesus unlimited. He came and started dwelling in, in them. These people around them looked at them and said, Wow, these guys who have been with Jesus, they are called Christians, Christ in them. Who is in you? Sunday, brother, for sure Christ is in me. Monday morning when I see my Chodi, I don't know where Christ goes. That will not be the case for Arnab because his boss is, I know his boss. Hmm? But some of you are like that, right? And Sunday, very nice brother. I was jumping in the spirit. And then Monday, some other avi is shaking them. So this is the point. We lose the joy along the journey. Joy is the number one emotion of God. And by the way, joy is not happiness. Joy is the presence of God in the midst of the absence of happiness. In the midst of problems, in the midst of challenges, in the midst of chaos, confusion, negative comments, criticism, all those things. Joy. Jesus says in, in Philippians, says, for the joy that was said before him, he endured the cross. He didn't say, hmm, for you I have to die. Kill man, kill me, let me die. Papa, take me. He didn't do that. Hello? Can you imagine? He could have done that, right? For these fellows, I will rise up and I will see you what I will do. He didn't do any of those. He looked at his mother and he says, John, this is your mom. 
Mom, this is your son. Somebody was treating him so badly, he said, Daddy, forgive them, for they have no clue what they are doing. This one guy was saying, if you are really the son of God, get out of the cross. The other guy is saying, hey man, we deserve to be hung on the cross. This guy doesn't deserve to be. And then he says, I know, can you please remember me? He looked at him and says, today you will be with me in paradise. What was this? You cannot do this without joy. Hello? You can never do this without joy. So don't wait until Zion to experience joy. Amen? Whatever success that God gives us, we cannot forget there won't be any challenges. We may go through success and difficulties, but when our only real satisfaction comes through, loved by God and loving Him back. Amen? What is the whole story sums up to? It sums up to one thing. David was a lover of God. That's it. He was lover of God and loved by God. And last but not the least, and this is a beautiful picture, a prophetic picture of Jesus made king over all the earth, just as David was made king over all Israel. See, the Old Testament is a lot of shadows and types. And that's what we are seeing here. David now, he just didn't become a nation, kingdom, you know, a king over a nation so that he can dominate. He was made a king so that that kingdom can continue. You know, I'm going to say this, it's not going to be very pleasant to hear, but it's the truth. We are so satisfied with little breakthroughs here and there, and we think we got it, and we miss the big picture that God desires us to co-rule with Him from the heavenlies and to bring a transformative change in our nation. We are just so happy, you know, I got my promotion, I got my new car, I got this loan paid, I, this loan got approved, this, this, my, 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 my grandmother got saved. We are so happy and we settled there. But God's goal was never there. It's to bring us to Zion so that He can establish His kingdom through us. God doesn't need the majority to change the world. We just need the handful of people. The twelve apostles, one fell, Stephen was elected in the spirit. They elected somebody else, but it was a Stephen who became the martyr. That guy, these guys went around, changed the world. God doesn't need big, big numbers. He just needs your availability who says, yes, God, I may not have all the qualifications, but I'm saying yes to you. And this is the question God wants to ask you. I'm done with my sermon. I want to pray for you. And this is the question God wants to ask you. Are you here just to pass by your time, finish your race, do your work? Or are you here to see the King of Glory manifest through you? In wherever areas, in whichever areas that He would like to manifest, you're just saying, God, I'm here. I'm here. God is looking for that heart who says, I am here, Lord, for one reason. You will use me for an extraordinary purpose that you have in mind. Not for me, not for my name, not how much I can get out of it. One day the Holy Spirit asked me this question. Are you willing to go all in, even 
if one day that your name will not be even heard of blessed lord yes yes nobody should need to know charles this great preacher this big mega pastor nothing all i want is to see your kingdom come and that total surrender is what god is looking for and that's why he did not call anyone after his own heart he called david a man after his own heart why he was willing to go after everything what god has for him we always ask this no what's in, in for me what's in it for me if i sign this contracts what's in it for me what's my percentage what's my take how much i can get it david did not go for it he went after one thing he said god you are my number one audience i'm going after you amen it was i think dr miles mandro used to say don't run after success run after the creator success follows you it's true much of what we hear and teach and read the books is all about getting your success seven ways 21 ways 15 ways four ways leave everything so today i want to ask you to do one prophetic act i want to pray with you you know we are not going to get in groups and pray but i want to pray with you this is what i want to ask you in your heart are you saying god i am all in however the journey may be it may be through gibeah it may be through adullam it may be ebron but i know you will bring me to zion but i am here all in if you are that if that's your resonating statement in your heart and say god i'm here for all in for you the only one thing that i desire is to be known by you and to be a lover of yours that's the cry of your heart i want you to stand up i want to pray for you don't just stand up because it's the end of the church meeting don't stand up because it's something that we do after the service that's the cry of your heart i am here not for anything lord not for my own success not for my you know not for my name to be a nor be heard i am willing even to be an unknown hero in your kingdom like this naaman slave girl who brought naaman to bring out the leprosy out of him the little boy we don't know who's the little boy we don't know his name we don't know how old was he but the only script only thing we know a little boy had five loaves and two fishes and god satisfied almost 20000 people lord i'm willing to lay down everything i just want to see you build your kingdom in and through me father you see your children on their feet before you father this is not they are standing before me they are not standing because is the end of the sermon they are standing because they mean it they mean it they are not here to fill the time to kill the time to just keep doing the time they are here to see the god who created time will interrupt their agenda to bring his kingdom through them on this earth